Episode 76 of the Outdoor Minimalist Podcast is brought to you courtesy of Jeremy Lux, creator of Illumin Collect and host of the Life in Motion Podcast. And it is just to start with what you have, whether that be the gear you have, the knowledge you have, the community you have, or the outdoor spaces that you have at your disposal, like start where you're at and find ways to like grow where you are. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is the Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 136 of Life in Motion. I've got Meg Cardney with me from the Outdoor Minimalist podcast. With each episode, the mission is simple. Give outdoor enthusiasts and outdoor companies the tools they need to change their behavior when engaging in outdoor recreation to lower their overall environmental impact. I'm excited to see how she's doing this and why it's so important. Meg, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about everything with you. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's it's fun having a, a, a fellow fellow uh, podcaster on as a guest um, to kind of you know see see what else is going on in the podcasting world. But before we uh, speak about that, let's let's start with you know who you are, where you grew up, hobbies you had growing out, um, what what led you down the podcast path, and kind of the passion about um, you know protecting the environment in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought that I would be a podcaster. It. It's definitely not something that I ever dreamt of doing or thought of doing, <laughs> but um, to back up a little bit, I grew up in rural Minnesota, kind of in the southwest corner of the state. It's just a bunch of prairie. It's really beautiful, but most of the outdoor recreation activities that happen in the Midwest revolve around like sportsmen type things, hunting and fishing. And so I kind of grew up with that as my main exposure, but I traveled a lot with my family, road trips and camping trips and all that stuff when I was young too. So I had a pretty early exposure to outdoor spaces. And since I live so rurally, we were just outside all the time. And so it has always been a big part of my life. I didn't know that I wanted to work in the outdoor industry when I was young. <laughs> I went to school for communication arts and literature, um, undergrad. And during that time is when I kind of found my own place in outdoor sports and recreation. And I really fell in love with things like rock climbing and backpacking. And then after university, I didn't necessarily follow the career path I thought I was going to. I did for maybe about a year and a half. And then I decided that wasn't for me. And I went and I worked in the outdoor industry. And then for several years, I jumped around different jobs. And during that time period of when I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life, <laughs> I um, continually was writing. So writing has always been kind of a, a fixture in my life since I was young. And when I changed my career path in my early 20s, I decided to start freelance writing. And because I had moved to the outdoor industry, I was like, I'll write about that. And then it just kind of like grew and blossomed over the span of probably six years. And wow. then it became my full-time job. And from freelance writing came the book. And now I'm full-time employed as a writer for Field and Stream Magazine. And the podcast just kind of came out of the writing. It was kind of an extension of 
a lot of the things I wanted to be talking about. And it gave me um, like a chance to meet industry professionals and have them share their opinions about a lot of the same things that I was passionate about. That's, that's awesome. And so, you know, obviously growing up kind of with the, the out outdoors kind of uh, rooted uh, there, when you, when you went to uh, school and university, did you, did you stay around that area and as, or did you go to a different school and that's the, the, that other school, that other location was kind of what you got, what got you into the other recreational aspects of it? Yeah. So I still went to university in Minnesota, but because I grew up in the Southwest corner and I went to university in Duluth, Minnesota, it was in the absolute opposite corner of the state. And it's actually a six hour drive. So it's pretty far away from where I grew up, um, but still in the same state. And if listeners have never been to Duluth or heard of Duluth, it is on Lake Superior. It kind of borders Wisconsin in the northern like little armpit part of Minnesota up there. <laughs> and it is really beautiful. There's tons of outdoor recreation opportunities. The whole city is just integrated with different parks for hiking and mountain biking. And it's one of the best places in Minnesota to rock climb because they have, um, I guess they're kind of classified as sea cliffs. Um, they're just these rock cliffs that are on the Lake Superior shore that you can rappel down and climb back up. Um, and yeah, I met a lot of people that had done those types of sports for a really long time um, when I was going to school. And so I learned a lot from my peers during that time period. But really, it was that that environment was a good exposure for what an outdoor community kind of looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And uh I could see the the sea cliffs being pretty appealing to a uh, rock climb and rappel down. That that's awesome. So, so obviously that kind of gave you that extra or additional exposure. And then and then so as you were kind of starting, I guess your your writing journey. I guess before you got more into the outdoor industry. In, in that case, was it more of, I guess, what what was your like when you were doing it kind of personally? Was it was it like journaling type? Was it telling your story? Was it like, what What did that kind of look like? A lot of the writing, I guess a lot of the writing that I did growing up was a mix of a lot of things. So I have on and off consistently kept a journal just to process my experiences and thoughts. And then I also have done a fair bit of creative writing that I don't really ever publish creative writing, but it's like another good way for me to process my life experiences and my emotions. And during university, I got more into creative writing because I was taking a lot of different writing classes. Um, so I wrote a lot of poetry and dabbled in other things like screenplays and stuff like that, just to kind of see what I liked and what fit my personality really well and to kind of learn how to actually write. <laughs> um, and then when I decided to do it for freelance writing, I didn't do any creative writing whatsoever, which I think is pretty typical. A lot of the freelance writing out there is pretty like fact-based, like maybe journalism. And I did a lot of how-to guides for how to do things in the outdoors because the job I was working at the time focused around primitive camping and bushcraft. And so I wrote about those types of experiences, like how to make fires and traps and that sort of thing. Cool. Cool. It, well, and it, it sounds like as, and that's why I was curious to kind of see which, uh, which direction you took it. I'm, I would not claim myself as a writer myself, so I'm not really sure what I would do. Um, but, um, so, and then it, so it sounds kind of as, as kind of the, that, 
kind of began to blossom, you know, getting the opportunities to work with the outdoor industry and writing for them obviously matches, you know, your, what you're passionate about. So were those, were that more of like, you know, some, some freelance jobs here and there, and then you started, you know, working with the actual, the publications like full time or like what, how, how did that journey start? Just, just cause it seems like it's a, you know, perfect fit for, for what you like doing and also what you like doing. <laughs> Yeah, so it kind of came about because, well, I missed writing and I just kind of wanted an outlet for that. And I had heard of people freelance writing before and making money from it. So I was like, this could be a good side hustle. And my job at the time had like an atypical schedule. You'd be in the field for like four to eight days and then you'd be out for um, like three to six days. It kind of just depended. And so since I had those large chunks of time, um, where I wasn't working. I spent a lot of that time just traveling and adventuring with the people that I had met and exploring new areas, but also establishing, I guess, a client base for my freelance writing. And some of the people that I started working with, I did work with for several years, like five or so years until I became full-time employed with Field and Stream. Um, but that job also started as a freelance job and I freelanced with them for about six months. Um, and then they had an opening for a staff writer. So I applied. And so a lot of the beginning years of freelance writing were just finding anyone that would publish my work. Like it wasn't anything noteworthy <laughs> by any means. And a lot of the times I would just write and put it on my website um, about things that I cared about just as a way to showcase different topics and different styles of writing. Um, so potential clients could see all of those different sides of me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And you know, obviously keeping the the hustle up while you're trying to, you know, figure, figure things out is, is cool as well. And I didn't really think about the, I guess the travel and adventure aspect of, of, of writing, um, you know, for these different pu outdoor publications and that kind of stuff. Are there any like fun, like stories that, that, I mean, I'm sure there are a the few, but like any stories that like stand out or maybe were, you know, they say, Hey, let's go on this trip. And you're like, just completely like, what? <laughs> well, I haven't really done any writing that revolved around a trip specifically. Um, so most of it is just kind of like basic how to outdoor recreation type things, or they revolve around gear testing. Okay. So then, um, so, so really just kind of going out there, you know, and this is probably dumbing it down too much, but like setting up a tent and writing up, you know, how that worked or packing a, a backpacks for the right trip or type, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is basically it. And how it has kind of evolved over time, which it isn't very fitting with when people look at the outdoor minimalist message of like being a minimalist and less consumption and things like that, because I work for the commerce team. And so I do mostly gear reviews and testing and things like that. But um, I try to reframe how we are evaluating gear and looking through a more sustainable lens and, um, how to maintain gear and repair gear so you can make better choices in the long run. So I do enjoy that side of things, but sometimes there is a conflict of interest, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, and that's, it's cool though, that you're, and in some cases you're able to kind of put your own um, twist on things about, you know, what you believe in, especially, you know, 
uh, as you mentioned, kind of repairing gear versus, you know, buying another, um, is, is awesome. So, so, so kind of as, as the, the career of, of the writing journey kind of grew is, I guess, how, I guess at what point did did the podcast idea come in? Was it, was it just, you were just meeting so many different people or just wanted to figure out a different outlet to kind of get that message out there or. It was a lot of things and it just kind of happened. So when I got the book deal for outdoor minimalist, I completed that writing process in a couple of months and the first manuscript was done in June of 2021 but it wasn't going to be released until September of 2022. And so I had this really long window where I knew we were going to be doing a lot of revising, editing, and formatting type things. So I'd still be working on the book, but the the meat of the book and the biggest part of the book was already done. And so I was trying to think of ways, one, to market the book, and two, to kind of expand on those ideas because for listeners that haven't heard of the book or read the book, a lot of it has to do with individual action, which only really goes so far. And it is still important, obviously, or I wouldn't have wrote a book about it, but I wanted a way to expand it into a larger industry movement. And so I wanted to bring other voices into that concept. So people that actually design equipment and the people that manufacture gear or the people that work in textiles or marketers or even just people that um, recreate every day. I wanted to bring their experiences into the outdoor minimalist mission so they could expand on those concepts and just share their story with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, sorry, I I totally uh, brushed over the the book there for a second. So, um, so I guess I guess before we get back to the podcast, since I messed up there, um, what when where I guess where did that initial idea for the book come from? Um, and, and like you said, was it sounds like a lot of sort of your your ideas that went along with it. Um, but like that that whole process seems uh, daunting for someone like myself who's not a writer. Like I said, as, as I mentioned, but. Um, that, that whole idea and that kind of whole process. And now, you know, it's been a couple months since it's been released. Um, mm-hmm. if you said it was September of 2022, how, how's, how's everything been going? Yeah. So I think everything has been going pretty well. I don't really have numbers on sales or anything that I can share. Um, but the feedback I've gotten is good, you know, not all positive, but constructive. So I appreciate that. And, um, how the book came about, it actually wasn't all my idea. So (laughs) I will explain that I was actually working on a different book at the time. And that book is still not finished because I tabled it in order to write this book. And I always wanted to write a book, um, probably will write more books since I am a writer, but that was always (laughs) a dream of mine. (laughs) Um, But um, it finally happened. So I'm really excited. And I had been trying to find ways in my freelance writing to merge a lot of my passions and my values. And so because I was doing a lot of really specific to outdoor recreation writing and in my different jobs in the outdoor industry, I was seeing kind of this lack of um, sustainability content, I guess, is the best way to phrase it, or a sustainability focus. 
Um, I wanted to find a ways to merge that. And I was trying to do that through my freelance writing. And then I was like, I'm not really getting to the place I want to. So I started publishing more content on my website and finding different places that aligned better with my values in terms of sustainable living and low waste living and integrating that into my outdoor activities. And from that, um, one of the publisher editor, I can't think of words right now. Um, one of the editors from my publisher, which is Roman and Littlefield, but Falcon Guides is like the one that actually published my book. Um, they reached out to me and asked if I would be able and willing to write a book on zero waste backpacking. And so I talked to them for a while about what that would look like. And I didn't know how to frame a book specifically around zero waste backpacking and that being the only focus. And so instead of pitching that idea to the publishing board, I pitched the idea of Outdoor Minimalist and I liked that better. And so I had a little bit more creative um, liberty with the direction that I wanted to go. Um, and I could make it a little bit broader than just about backpacking. And so that's kind of how that idea came about. And I didn't know what a book writing process looked like or a publishing <laughs> process. And I know that it can look different for a lot of different authors. So my experience, if there's someone listening that wants to write a book or something, it likely will be different because for this book, like I was able to submit a proposal to the publishing board. And so I only had one chapter written versus well, I know a lot of authors need an entire manuscript to submit. So I was able to write it with the guidance of my editors to really kind of like fit their vision within my vision, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that, no, that does make sense. Um, <laughs> going going back to my uh, not being a writer, that would uh, give me extreme anxiety. I think if I like set, submitted a, uh, a one chapter and they loved it, and it's like, oh, I got like ten more chapters or however many chapters <laughs> to write. That had to be just like this. Um, but no, it's it's cool that, that glad that it all worked out and that you're getting awesome feedback. You know, for only being out for a couple of months, so I'm, I'm sure that will that will continue to grow. So. And then uh, now jumping back to the podcast, um, you know, I love the the creativity, you know, during that that kind of downtime of editing and whatnot. Um, so one, figure out how to promote the book, uh, you know, that that's smart, but then also getting these different opinions and guests on there. So so when you're you know, when you're you were looking at um, who to have on and which businesses to be represented in, in individuals and everything like that. Was there was it just like a long list of people that you knew that maybe you you had contact with from your prior writing experience or like, wh I guess, finding the right guest, especially with something that's that's very kind of specific in that sense? What what did that look like? Yeah, so I did start with people that I already had a relationship with. And a few months before the podcast came out, I started working with um a consultant about how to create a podcast because I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about podcasting. <laughs> I don't really know anything that much about audio recording or editing and all that stuff. And luckily my brother, he has a background in like broadcast journalism and wow. was a 
and a lot of audio experience because he does a lot of recording for music and things like that. And so I was able to kind of get a lot of information from him and insights on how the logistics of it all worked. And then the consultant really helped me with how to approach people for interviews and frame the podcast and all that stuff. But a lot of the first people, so the first couple of months or several months, really, those interviews were with people that I had already interviewed for the book. So a lot of the information that came from the book was a lot of information that I gathered, um, I guess, kind of like in a journalistic way where I interviewed a lot of different companies and product producers um, and people that worked in textiles in order to get that information firsthand, um, along with some like background research on other stuff. Um, but a lot of the content came from that. And so since I already had that relationship, they were excited about the book and to be talked about in the book, then they were already (laughs) excited to be featured on the podcast and to further that message. And then after that, um, I do work pretty hard to continue my relationship with the people that have been on the podcast. And so I often will reach out to them periodically and see if they have any new things happening or if they um, would have referrals for me. And sometimes people just reach out to me like, hey, you should reach out to this person. They could be a really good fit. And um, so over time, so I would say like after the first three or four months of the podcast, I was able to um, reach out to people in different ways. So like posting in different groups like Basecamp Outdoor Jobs or on LinkedIn um, to say specific topics that I was looking for that people may be yeah. experts in and could shed some light on has been somewhat effective. Um, but really, I really love when people like have an idea that already aligns with the outdoor minimalist mission. It's something they're really passionate about and they are able to have a platform to share that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, and I, I will say you were, you were much more uh, organized and kind of methodical than uh, we were when, uh, when I started life in motion. Um, I think our first five or so episodes at least were recorded with some, um, some app that I had on my phone. Uh, so it was just a oh. phone conversation that was recording with that. And I was doing, I mean, I was still reaching out to people I knew, but it's a, uh, it's, it's progressed a little bit over, you know, the last a hundred and 30 some odd uh, episodes, but um, right. no, that, that, that's, that's great. Especially, you know, being able to have that initial kind of uh, guest base um, from, from the book to reach out to and then, and then reach and then kind of uh, flourishing from that. So like, what are, what are some of the most, and I, I'm, and I say this cause I'm sure every, or every guest is obviously uh, interesting and, and good insight, but are there like any ones that like really stand out to you, whether, you know, you personally, or just feedback that you got from your audience as far as, you know, there's, oh, wow, I didn't think of this, or that story was really amazing. Now we can implement this in our business or something like that. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, like you said, I have really enjoyed speaking with every guest that I've had on the show. I feel like I learned something new from every single person and they're all really amazing and insightful in their own ways. I will say that there are a couple of episodes that have been way more popular than others. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe the topic that is being discussed. So probably our number one episode is about greenwashing. And that is with the owner of Zero Shoes. And he 
just he has so many great insights about how greenwashing bleeds into every aspect of the outdoor industry and beyond. And so greenwashing is always a super interesting topic, I've noticed for a a lot of my listeners. And it also is a topic that is really confusing. And so I think that episode has been successful for a number of reasons. One, Stephen is really charismatic. And so (laughs) he's really fun and easy to listen to. And another one is the topic itself is one that automatically people are like, oh, I want to know more about that. Absolutely. And and then as we're going on that for people who are listening now that do not know what that is, what is greenwashing? Yeah. So greenwashing is a marketing tactic that any industry can use. And we see it a lot in labels and words and phrases that companies will use. And essentially it is a way to appear as if you're more environmentally friendly and sustainable than you actually are. And there's a lot of different ways to do this. One easy way is just like omitting or leaving out certain things. So if you say made from recycled materials or up to 50% recycled materials used in a product, um, there's a lot of gray area in that. And a consumer would automatically think that is positive and it might be, but Um, It can also mean that there's only 1% or even if they say up to 50% recycled materials, it can be 0% because it's just up to that number. It doesn't really, there's not like, there's not a lot of regulation in that. And a lot of companies will find areas where they can kind of like sneak in there and really put a veil over what's actually happening behind the scenes. Because most shoppers, they do want to shop sustainably, but it becomes really difficult when marketing is basically being used to manipulate the reality of a product. Yeah, that makes sense. And that that kind of the comparison that I can think of is, uh, you know, like all these quote unquote, you know, health foods and all these different things and none of this and no ingredients in here. And then you actually look up what the ingredients are and it's the same thing that it says anyways. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Food is a really... (laughs) Food is a really good example, I think, too, because like certain words like natural um, are not regulated. And then on packaging words like biodegradable, those aren't um, regulated by a larger authoritative body. And so they could be used however a company really wants. So it gets really confusing. (laughs) Absolutely. So so that's that's a great example. Is there is there another um, example or two, I guess, is is kind of some of your most uh, popular episodes from that standpoint? Yeah, for, um, I guess, downloads and listens, the most other most popular episodes, there's one on um, pee rags um, and menstrual cups and just general menstruating in the outdoors. And that was really popular and continues to be really popular. I still get a lot of listens on that episode. (laughs) And that one is really, really informative. Um, It was with I know her handle on Instagram is hormone hacker, but her name is escaping me. Um, But she Um, had a lot of really great insights on how to one sustainably menstruate, I guess, not use all those products and also do it in a really sanitary way when you are recreating. And then another one that it is a little bit more recent. Those two were kind of like in my early months, uh, but a more recent one that has been pretty popular is I think the title is becoming minimalist downsizing for life. And 
I am actually going to have her on the show again. Erin is her name. And she runs Backcountry Foodie. So it's like a meal planning thing for um, backpacking. Uh, a lot of nutritional information. And it's really great. And that's what our next episode will kind of focus on is how to meal plan for backpacking. But her first episode with me was kind of her progression over life and how she um, became a minimalist. And so I think that that was really interesting for kind of like a different pocket of my listeners um, because a lot of my content had been focusing more on like production of materials and more things tailored to business owners. Whereas this one is kind of like applicable to everyone and it's something that everyone can learn from. So I really like that episode. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like a, a, a wide, wide variety there. Um, especially when, you know, to, to the hygiene products and stuff like that, but you know, it's something obviously not for myself, but for people to think about, um, in that case. And then, and yeah, I know the, the individual stories too, I, is, it's cool to be able to find those different pockets of listeners, um, that I guess are more, maybe more relatable to kind of the general person. And I've kind of seen that with, with some of our episodes as well. Um, so, so it's cool. You're kind of reaching that way. So as as you know the the book sales uh or kind of keeps going on um obviously you have another one that's kind of on the back burner um and then the podcast continues to grow what are what are kind of the next steps for you oh man <laughs> great question i've been trying to figure that out so <laughs> i am really trying to put a lot of effort into growing the podcast right now and just kind of getting new ideas and getting new guests and kind of getting the word out more for that and just spreading the outdoor minimalist message and finding different ways to kind of expand on those same ideas, um, which is proving to be somewhat difficult. I'm learning a lot along the way, <laughs> which is really fun, but can be frustrating at times. Um, and I would like to publish another book in the next couple of years. Um, I don't know if I'll ever finish that first book that I started. Um, I just have kind of lost um, interest for the time being, but like I might return to it eventually. Um, yeah. But one idea that has been kind of like sitting around for a long time and I've kind of picked up again is a children's book that I would be working with the same illustrator that illustrated Outdoor Minimalist. So that could be kind of like a good, fun connection to kind of explore. Um, but other than that, I have thought about getting into other areas of writing um, just to kind of broaden and grow in my writing career. So I'm not exactly sure what's next. I'm kind of in a contemplation stage moving into action so it hasn't quite like moved forward yet <laughs> oh yeah well i can totally relate to that um I, I do love the the idea of the the children's book as well especially be able to you know it seems like you know since uh the c word happened a lot more people are more outdoor kind of conscious and getting out there so be able to relate that with you know the the ones of or those of us who have kids um would, would be awesome too uh the more more people that are understanding and also getting outside um, and how things impact the outdoors um, is definitely important. So, um, so, so one thing I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice that you have for our listeners. And I think since uh, I'm, I'm going to change this up a little bit, since obviously you, you host your own podcast and have heard lots of different opinions and, um, and thoughts on kind of the topics, but 
what what is one piece of advice that you've heard um, from from your your guests that that really is applicable to kind of I guess like the everyday person as far as minimizing that that environmental impact and like actually kind of being thoughtful about what what they're doing and what they're using and how they're getting rid of it and all of that. Is, is there is there one one piece of advice from one of your guests, or maybe it's your own personal as well, but to kind of make that step? Yeah, I. it's hard for me to think of like just one piece of advice from all of my guests, but there is kind of just a general theme, I guess, that I could say, and it would relate back to a lot of the message that I wanted to communicate with Outdoor Minimalist, and it is just to start with what you have. Whether that be the gear you have, the knowledge you have, the community you have, or the outdoor spaces that you have at your disposal, like start where you're at and find ways to like grow where you are, I guess. And so like the, a couple of my guests have focused a lot on like micro adventures and how to integrate outdoor recreation into your daily life to make it more of a habit. And a lot of that has to do with um, exploring areas right outside your door. So like making things more accessible and making it so it's easier to build those habits and you don't get so overwhelmed. So I would say starting with what you have is just kind of a general theme that a lot of my guests have brought to the table. And I really love that idea. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, 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 starting simple is always the best way to start. Um, and you just kind of take steps from there and, and especially to the point, the, the micro, uh, adventures and getting outside and, you know, out, out, it doesn't always have to be a huge, huge trip. It can, you know, be down to the park or to the woods or whatever. So anyways, where, where can people, uh, find you online, uh, check out the book, check out the podcast, um, and, and see what you're up to. Yeah. So if people want to learn more about the book and the podcast together, um, you can go to our website, which is theoutdoorminimalist.com, or you can find us on Instagram and our handle is outdoor.minimalist.book. And you can also find us on Facebook. I will say we're a bit more active on Instagram than Facebook, but I do try to post on Facebook periodically. But if you want more consistent updates, I'd say Instagram is the place to go. Awesome. Well, everyone definitely make sure, um, uh, check out all those resources, tune into the podcast, order the book. Um, I, I love, love hearing your story and kind of the, the whole mission behind, um, you know, what you're doing with the podcast and the book. So I wish you the best of luck and I can't wait to see what you put out next. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, let me know. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Instagram at outdoor.minimalist.book or subscribe to our weekly newsletter at theoutdoorminimalist.com. For even more updates, educational resources, and to help build an outdoor community with the shared goal to create a better outdoor space as we recreate.